0: This podcast was recorded on October 7th, 2011. It is a result of the combined efforts of Isaac Frankel, Sean Hamilton, and Asakwa Rice. This first episode has served as a testing bed for the process of recording and producing a podcast. If you like what you hear, please let us know. Similarly, if you have any suggestions or general feedback, Feel free to leave a reply in the comment section below. We want to improve, and we need your help to do so. Ready? Why not? Yeah, I'm ready. Alright, well welcome everyone to the first ever Games is Art podcast. I'm Postmortem, or Isaac, the creator of Games as Art.
1: To my left is Crunchy Orc. You created games that are art? Holy sh. Oh, like game dot now.com. dot WordPress.com. Make it sound <laughs> even more. <laughs> <ethical>. Backslash.
2: <laughs> Backslash. Backslash.
0: As I was saying, Crunchy Orc, otherwise known as Sean, the self proclaimed gamer poet. And then to his right is Cooltip or Asakwa from Flip Top TV.
2: So, so wait. To, to the listener, this is going to sound fing retarded because I'm on your left, but he's on my right. So I'm in the
1: middle. (laughs) Well, back on the other side of the room. Welcome to the Games is Art podcast. Imagine yourself in a Isaac's room next to a couch. With a
2: high-def TV.
1: And a a mag sitting on top of a trash can. (laughs)
0: Because we're high-tech over here.
2: Why don't we just call it Isaac's Room, the podcast? (laughs) Like, it doesn't
1: have to be a The
0: Isaac's Room trilogy. All right, moving on. All right, so on this episode, we'll be discussing Braid and Limbo. Two games that are synonymous with games as art. Sean, being the first of us to ever really play Braid, is going to start us off. For
2: those of you who haven't played this, massive, massive spoilers, by the way. Braid starts out all pretty, silhouetted, lots of interesting watercolory style artwork all around. Oh, by the way, you know
1: who did the art? Who? Ed McMillan. You're f***ing no joke. Thing. Ed McMillan Ed drew McMillan this. Drew Holy. This. That's why Okay That's why he's Ed McMillan I'm kind McMahon. of a fan Anyways <coughs> we'll,
2: Actually, do, we'll do that on Dude we gotta make the podcast
1: of us Playing The Binding of Isaac Later. The vlog Anyways Yeah we're running through the game here As we're
0: Recording <coughs> All right. Okay Braid So It happens Everyone
2: knows Braid is super duper In depth Dense Symbolism Yes. Everything from the names of the worlds to the paintings represents something. What about possibilities the possibilities?
0: I don't know about this the monsters. The, dinosaur, the monsters do represent something because at the end of the game you see the room. Oh, uh, kind of. Anyways.
1: <laughs> the dinosaur represents Yoshi.
0: <laughs> I don't know about
2: the Mario reference. So, we've got. This whole game's a Mario reference. First World being Time and Forgiveness. Time and Forgiveness is all very simple puzzles. Yeah. And if you die, you can just go back and erase all your f*** ups.
1: Isn't this, but like, the, the only is, one that is, like, uh, what is it, yeah. Vanilla Braid? Namik, yes. This is
2: the only world where there's nothing special going on.
0: But the interesting thing about Chapter 1 is that it's actually Chapter 2. Yes. You start at Chapter 2 for some Well, strangers. you start in, like, Homeworld. Yes. And. know that. To-
2: so you as Also, well. paintings. Just yes. kind of a
0: central hub through which you access the
1: other chapters of the game.
2: Yep. Also, some people think that Tim might have been an alcoholic. Uh,
1: well, he only drinks in some of most of them. <laughs> most of them, anyways.
2: World three, moving on. It's called time and mystery. Is where they first introduce objects that cannot be affected by the flow of time. Uh. Well, uh, are unaltered. Um, yeah, they're unaffected by time at all. Which can be good, can be bad. There's one level called... What is it? Um, Turn back again? No, no, no. Un um, uh, Irreversible. That's what I was thinking of. Where if you fuck up too early, you have to start the level over again without rewinding. You have to leave and come back into the level. Otherwise, you are completely done. This kind of represents how some things... Uh, we wish we could change them, but there's simply nothing we can do. Period. What, that can right. that can stop or reverse the effects we've come. We've uh, the thing. Our actions in life.
0: What? <laughs> Anyways, now shouldn't we talk about Tim and how he actually is a huge part yeah. of the game? Uh, we're a lot he is the
1: main character. Right. Tim so is we're the talking about the mechanics, but... Yeah. Yes,
2: but to... Tim, li- Tim's life is vicariously explained through the mechanics and the books.
1: Didn't. I, I didn't read the books, so I just watched the movie. No,
2: no. Uh, <laughs> what, what? Braid the movie. It turns out you, the viewer, were in fact the villain. <laughs> Holy s***. Dude. Anyways. Uh, World 4, you get into it. Uh... And it's kind of crazy, because nothing seems to be going on unless you start walking around. Right. And then you got a... Uh,
1: where is it? It's the
2: Donkey Kong one. Yes, uh, and you have got you get to watch a knockoff of Donkey Kong and kind of giggle about it. Anyways. Hey. <laughs> Billy Mitchell. Anyways. Uh, it's all about how sometimes you gotta be in the right place at the right time to get things done in life. Sometimes you gotta oh. get lucky, and sometimes the developers are intentionally f***ing with you by putting a locked door <laughs> that breaks your key, and yeah, causes you to start
1: over. Why did they do that? Yeah, that, that was a f- move. Anyways. Also, how did this one get over here? The
2: one after that, time and play... No, f- time. time and forgiveness? No, it's not What's time it? Time and mystery? Are all these...
1: Time and something? Time
2: and mystery, time and forgiveness, time and time again. Time after time. Yes. Uh, time and decision. decision. Only so, has two books. Only has two out. books. Huh. Oh, that's the one where he talks about leaving his wife. Anyways.
1: Uh, not leaving her. But yeah. Okay, maybe leaving her. We need a stream of thought, more of that, instead of going to do the rail shooter business. Yes.
0: Well, all the podcasts I've listened to are more enjoyable when they have a little bit more structure.
1: So maybe at the beginning... What podcasts have you listened to? Name all of them, because I can name five more I that are you, better. I know you can. Because I'm a genius. Pod, Toy, Pod, Castle, Japan ate her live. Japan ate her live? Yes. They ate her live alive? I guess that's common in Japan. <clears throat> Bar. Yes, let me talk. It's <laughs> my idea. Raid, from the start of, start off, like Crunch Man said in the deleted segments. <laughs> the deleted scenes of this podcast. The deleted How scenes. How do you know this
0: isn't deleted scenes. You're deleted
1: scenes. <laughs> <laughs> It, I'll okay. you. This uh, first glance grade is a story about Tim on his search to save the princess, much like, you know, Mario in his search to save Princess Peach. You do random s <laughs> you go right and you jump on things. And except, you go to castles. Yes. The only difference, it seems, is the time mechanic. Other than that, it looks almost like a straight knockoff. But then- With higher artistic value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, artistic Mario value. Mario was pretty artistic. But later on, you get to find out that the princess ain't exactly a princess. Like, she's nothing solid. Not a literal princess. Because
2: this guy, right at the very end,
1: says... Or right at the last world. Right,
2: yeah. Right at the last world tells you, uh,
1: Are you sure she's real? I've never met her. Hold on. This is a direct quote. It took you so long to get here, but at long last I can tell you that dot dot dot, ellipsis ellipsis. Filler filler. The princess must lip be in service, another lip castle. <laughs> The princess must be in another castle. I've never met her. Are you sure she exists? And then boom, and then you're like, What? Does what? she exist? Let me go oh, to the let final me ending. Go to the ending. Also Which... hold on, shut up. Pictures. What the f is this? That's a kid's room. Yeah, there's a kid. Let me see his face. I- that's not his face. That's Dude, an empty bed. that's a face. Don't you see it? That's an empty bed. Do you see the face? I see the face. Oh. And then there's the hair. Oh, that is a face. And who's that? Who's oh. who? That's Billy Mitchell. What? Holy <laughs> shit That's Billy Mitchell. That's Billy Mitchell? Look, it's Billy Mitchell. I don't see his... He's got the shaggy hair and everything. I don't see his USA tie. Dude, it's because he's in black. He's
2: in white and blue. But that's totally Billy <laughs> he's Mitchell. He's in black and yellow. Billy what Mitchell's coming need? to beat the out of tim oh my god we're boy. gonna need so much, for <laughs> so much editing this podcast okay
1: final chapter so what we go to the final again? what is what braid? is braid about <laughs> what is braid? What is maybe love? don't hurt me uh, okay you go to the first
2: the last world which is really the first world spoiler spoiler spoiler
1: Wait. it's like how the first star wars was actually the fourth star wars yes but
2: anyways And shit's going backwards in time, and you're like, oh, hey, I'm saving the princess. But then you didn't. You were just standing outside Braid is a story
1: about how you're a horrible person. Yes. And you did, and you f***ed everything up without realizing it. F***ing everything up chasing goals that you shouldn't have. Yep. This is gonna make absolutely no sense to people who haven't played Braid before. Oh, I'm sorry, are we... Are we are we, are we have... for the casual gamers? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> we're for anyone who's interested in games as an art form. <clears throat> have you heard of video games? Let me tell you about this one video Let game. Let me show you my Pokemon. Me... while we're at it. If, oh, you, yeah. if you play a game that's not Farmville, it should be brave because... <laughs> <laughs> yes. So
2: this is literally the Citizen Kane of gaming because Citizen Kane began with the ending where Citizen Kane was dead. What? Yes. Dude, spoilers. Spoilers. Oh, Dude, that's... You didn't know that? He's like, Rosebud. dies? What? He's like, Rosebud, then he drops the snow globe, and it's like, holy s***, who was Rosebud? 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 Rosebud
1: is actually the atomic bomb. <laughs> dude. <laughs> Snape kills Dumbledore with Rosebud? <laughs> yes. Tom dies. What? <laughs> who dies? John dies at the end. Oh, Who's Tom? Tom? Anyway.
0: Let me just... Let me just ask this question to you guys. Yeah. How many elements of Braid, could you remove from the game before it stopped being art? The right? controller. <laughs> yes, I mean, actually. If Braid was a movie, it would be like Inception all over again. Wait, wait. <laughs> I'm talking in terms of music, text, removing the books. Alright, if you
1: took out the books, removing
0: Removing the, the paintings, the puzzle pieces.
1: If you took out the puzzle pieces, it, there, it, it wouldn't be
0: a game. But it could still be art. That's what I'm wondering. If you could break it down like that, at what point do you think it would stop becoming art? Oh. And why? Why did all of these things have such an impact on the game as a whole?
2: Well, I think if you take the facets individually, um, if you just had a book of the text, it might not make enough sense. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Because it's like, oh, no, no, baby, none of that. And then, what? We are all sons of bitches now. Like...
1: It could be a poem. It could be a poem, but
2: it wouldn't be a good book. It wouldn't tell a story by itself. All the pieces of Braid come together to help tell that story. Um, The visual cues as the art style changes from world to world to world. The mechanics of traveling through time make it artistic in the sense that it's integral to telling the ending because all all you're doing is trying to figure out how to not f*** up how to erase mistakes and prevent deaths your own deaths in the case of the original ending the deaths of billions of people in the
1: uh, secret ending ending.
0: super secret alternative ending
1: alternative alternative.
2: if if you took out the platforming, yeah, it would. You could make it like Load Runner, where you just go climb up ladders, shove blocks. and I hated that game. I did too, but it would still, <clears throat> it would still be able to tell the story with all time mechanics. So basically, at its core, what you need for Braid to be, arty, in my humble opinion, is. Just enough of the text so that you get the coherent uh, idea about chasing the princess and the princess not actually being a person. And you need the time travel mechanics. Other than that, you could have... When you have to have the ending as well? Yes, you need the ending. And, okay, you need World 2 and you need World 1. That's basically it. That's, if you cut out the rest of the game, you
0: might be able to get it.
1: Hmm. Very minimal.
0: <clears throat> yes. Yeah, I think you'd lose a lot of the value of the entire process. Yes. Cutting out that much. I mean, you'd lose the time manipulating ring. Yes. All right, I take it uh, back. World two, world six, world one.
2: In and, that and world world what, six what, was...
0: what are those worlds? Just stupid. <clears throat> on world record. one is where. Time and for- okay. World line two line is record.
2: time and forgiveness, which, where, represents... which represents how you use time, the ability to go back in time to erase your f ups. World 6 represents how marriage slowed things down for Tim, but and wouldn't that the have been princess able to...
1: wasn't an actual princess. Yes,
2: and that the
0: princess was not a person. And that was apparent in the mechanics, the game mechanics, where if you dropped a ring, <clears throat> uh, time in the vicinity of that ring would be slowed down. Yes. But even though it slowed things down, you absolutely
2: needed it to get ahead at the same time. It was. It was good and bad, wrapped into one. And that could have been Tim's marriage to his wife, her Or maybe his homosexual life partner. It's not really explicit. I did not pick up on that one. Oh, dude, Tim is totally made of homoerotic subtext. Anyways.
1: <laughs> like Harry Potter?
2: Yes. <laughs> Moving
1: on to limbo. Wait, wait, wait,
0: yeah, hold on. We just started getting a good discussion
1: on Braid going. Why would you want to move on? <laughs> dirt rail. I was going to... What was I going to talk right. about? Something about the talk rain. Talk about your opinion. Oh, right. Uh, the rain. Uh, slowing the down. down. Uh, from the text, it kind of seemed like... You know, well, it actually says he was embarrassed of having the rain. But it didn't really say that much good came from it. It just said that if uh, he hid it for too long, it felt like suffocating a part of himself. <clears throat> yes, that's so, true. So, I don't know uh, if, if he saw it as having really, I don't know.
2: Like a prisoner, maybe, to the ring? Uh,
1: maybe, I guess, but it's just slowing down, that's why it slows stuff down. Lord of the Rings reference. Precious. It's the Precious. Does the Lord of the Rings ring slow shit down?
2: Yes. It lets you enter the Matrix, doesn't it? Oh, or it so lets you like...
1: walk into Mordor? Uh,
2: <laughs> yes. Oh. Only totally not, because it's Wait, like... wait,
1: wait. wait. We Going <laughs> to the Lord, Lord of Mordor. the Rings. He says one does not simply walk into Mordor. But how the hell did Frodo? Get he into snuck Mordor? into
2: Mordor. He, he, he sneaked he into Mordor. In. He
1: didn't. He walk, in. He didn't casually he, he stroll was using up to the feet, Black
2: Gate. And he walked. He rolled down a hill into Mordor. Actually, if you remember that, he fell down that scree slope. But anyways. Tim does not simply walk into the
0: princess. Uh, no.
1: Kind well, of. You have to buy her she dinner blo- first. Yes,
0: <laughs> actually. <laughs> So, what is the princess? What or who is the princess? All
2: right, pre-secret ending, princess is the meaning of life, uh, success, goal, a goal or career-oriented lifestyle, uh, fame, maybe.
0: Uh, wow. It's everything you want. And one of in the life. good things about the game is how initially they actually lead you to believe it is a literal princess, and then as you go through the game slowly. It becomes more and more apparent that it might not be a person. Until they tell you flat out, I've never met her, are you sure she's a real thing?
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which she is and she isn't, I guess. She is a person and she isn't a person. She but might not exist, though. By I the end want... of the game, because in the beginning he destroyed her.
1: Well, I'm talking about like uh, pre-ending at all. Like, yes. All right. Does <laughs> she really exist? Can I really get this thing?
0: Yes. Is she completely unattainable? Yeah, and you go through every single world, and at the end of every world, it says the princess is in another castle. So every time you, you think you've, you've reached the princess, but then it or she, whatever it is, isn't there. I think the epilogue, maybe
2: that castle he builds, maybe that's the castle that the princess is in. He, you have to make your own princess. Castles in the sky? Yes. Quite literally, building castles <laughs> in the clouds. That could that Honestly. could very well be it, that the castle that Tim makes out of his memories is to house a princess, either a princess he imagines or a new princess to come into his life. Perhaps. So this is all
1: pre-Hidden Ending,
0: right? Yes, okay. pre-Hidden Ending. No, why don't you explain what the castle is at the end? And the
2: castle is made up of the icons that hover above the doors for each of the levels, the little pieces of artwork that show Tim doing shit or important clues to the puzzles. Because um, he just traveled through all of that, uh, all of those individual levels, they represent the building blocks of his memory. His experience turned into a solid uh stone, yes, thing. solid stone, which he then, or a tile right? yeah break well, stones yeah. he calls it stones, yeah. okay, uh you know the s- solid stones that make up his life experience, and he can put the new princess in it, I guess, or maybe she'll come to him, who knows it's the ending pre secret ending is not super cut and dry. There's a lot of room for interpretation.
1: And that's uh, the ending that you get that's not the secret ending is when you are trying to get the princess but you can't because the princess is running away from you. So you don't end up getting the princess.
0: Right, you you enter the final world and you see the princess drop down from a rope or a vine in the arms of the personification of the the, the main monster. bosses the boss monsters that you fight throughout the entire game, and she runs up and says, "Help me," and you, you like get down here, and you go through this level, and the two of you help clear the path for the other you with with Tim down below and the princess up up above, yeah, and <clears throat> you turn off
2: traps for each other. Keeping in mind that up until this point, the entire worlds had been, the time time had been flowing backwards, and you didn't really think anything of it. you just thought, oh, this is the end of the game. I have to get to the princess When you do reach her her side
0: uh time stops again, and you can't actually move yeah you you end, you climb up a ladder and you end up outside of a uh, outside of room, a room where the princess is sleeping in a bed with. The interesting part is that it has representations of all the monsters and the stars and uh, yeah, rabbits. Lisa.
1: Of, uh, yeah.
0: Everything that you have seen throughout the entire course of the game is present in this one room. If you look carefully. Yeah. Right. You're probably too busy platforming. Uh,
1: so you hold down X, which is your rewind. Yeah, it's the only thing you can do at that point, really. You start holding down X and it plays everything you did... Uh, you know, to get the princess in reverse.
2: Except you're running the opposite
1: direction. Yeah. So when so, you uh, go through go through it in reverse, it shows what actually happened in uh, real time. So instead of clearing obstacles for each other, you're both trying, trying to... Trying to kill or trap at one another. Yeah.
0: Which I, to be I, honest... I didn't see it that way, actually. I saw it as the princess was running away from Tim, trying to trap him or kill him, and he was chasing after her. Well, you also pull levers down below, which block her, or clear her way. Oh, that's true. So
1: you're trying to block her.
2: Yeah. To be completely honest, the first time I played this, I didn't get it. I'm like, what the hell? I just did this. Okay, so I just kind of skipped through it, not paying attention. I went back, and I watched someone else playing it a couple weeks later, and I was like, oh, sh! Totally exploded my brain. Very long censor. Yes.
1: <laughs> well, we don't need a censor.
2: We don't need censorship. <laughs> Fuck the FCC. Well, that's what you say now. Moving on. Dude, since we're in our podcasts, PC. Moving on. Drunk tank, eh? Exactly. Yeah. That's the drunk tank.
1: Oh, well, the drunk tank.
2: The secret ending. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Secret ending you get when you get the eight incredibly hidden... Seven of them. Okay, well, there are seven. No, there are eight total... But you don't get the last one
0: until you go to the
2: last level. <coughs> with the previous seven, blah blah blah
1: blah
0: blah. Seven what? Stars. Right, and these are the same stars that you see empty spaces for at the beginning of the
2: uh... Game. Was it one? Yeah. world one?
1: No,
0: it's the hub world. Hub world. Yeah, you, where was, you is see that cons- the official name an empty for it? It's just a hub. It's where all do the do worlds they have a, to. Do they have a name for it? No, it's just the house outside the house. Okay. Do
1: they have a name for the house? Is it called a house? Is it's a, a fucking house. house. I'm joking. <laughs> You don't need to
0: get too specific. Okay, so you, you see, you pass by this empty constellation at the very beginning of the game, and then through some very elaborate, very complicated techniques, you obtain these seven stars, which... of one, one you, is missable. F- having to start the game over to get that yeah, one. It's so difficult, you have to start the entire game over if you don't do it correctly. But as you pick up these stars, they fill in the constellation. Uh, for an example of how difficult or unique the techniques to get the stars are one of the stars requires you to jump on a platform, a floating cloud that at first does not appear to be moving. And, but, uh, but if you stand on that cloud for, I think, two hours... Roughly. Yeah, it is slowly moving and works its way to the other side of the map, allows you to jump up and grab the star. So you have to literally leave the game running while you're on this platform for two hours.
1: Yeah, you get one star.
0: Or five hours and come back to it and reverse
2: through a whole bunch of nothing. Yes. <laughs> uh, is that what you did? I think. I don't know. It was a while ago. But anyways, you collect the seven, and you go to the last world, World 1-1, and you go through the whole princess stage again. And two of the levers that you had to turn for the traps are no longer affected by the flow of time, meaning you can trip both of them, then you rewind to before you had to do either of them, and you can just breeze through the next part of the level and run to a part you weren't supposed to
1: get to. You, you'd be able to run faster than you would have uh, <clears throat> been able to, having to pull the levers. Yes. Right, because of the different so doors enable, and whatnot hold you back. It enables normally. you to catch up with the princess and uh, get her, or touch her.
2: That's yes. That's as far as you get. But, uh, right, you jump on this busted chandelier, and when the two of you start to get close, she turns white and starts flickering. Glit- flickering glitching out and then when the two of you do touch she disappears the screen goes white and there's uh this sound of a nuke going off well
1: you hear like a uh, fuse or detonation Yes, yeah. just something a high low pitch. rumbling and and then, then, uh, uh, yeah uh, it's totally just like oh, oh man load it up it's a high pitch of a uh, fuse Yeah. Shoot Okay and then uh then she's gone and you're up in her room where the last star is above her bed.
2: And you grab that star and you can walk back to the beginning of the game the, to the door that the you the passage can... that
1: yeah. uh, the princess was taking.
2: Yeah. You just take the route she was running along and you can run to a door that you couldn't previously get to. Uh, then you go through the epilogue again and everything else is the same but when you leave and you check out the constellation it's of a woman in chains and that's probably the princess herself in chains so you have tamed or chained the princess by the end of the secret ending yep Wow. wow that's
0: all you gotta say what do you think that means that is a good question. Yeah.
1: Well, what yeah. I think... This is
0: the first time I've heard about the secret ending or had it described to me in any way, so it's all new information for me.
1: Any thoughts? Any thoughts? What does that mean to you? The princess in chains. Well... Well, hold on. Let me explain my idea of what I think. I think, uh, with the yeah, secret Yeah, give, give me a starting point of that <laughs> for me. Yeah, whatever, Sean. <coughs> what I think about the princess is, um, well, I mean, yes, she's makes the nuke sound. Yes, there's the quotes from the nuke, but I don't think her herself is the atomic bomb. I believe that she is just, uh, secrets that men are not supposed to know in order for a a better world. You know what I mean? So Tim played God? Uh, yes. Okay. It's, uh, something that, secrets that are better left unknown. That's why she doesn't want you to get her. That's why, uh... You know, you you aren't able to obtain her, usually. And then once you, uh, you know, go back to the constellation, she's in chains. So now you have these secrets to your disposal. You have obtained something that yes. was supposed to be unobtainable, unobtainable that you're yes. not supposed and to have. You you were trying to obtain this thing without really knowing it. Like, almost like a child, like uh, chasing a flame. It's bright, you want it, you're not quite sure what it is. But once you get it, you're worse off for it. You've been burned. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> How does that sound to you?
0: That's the most logical explanation I've heard so far. Okay. Being the only one I've heard so far. What does it sound like? It sounds like it makes a lot of sense. But, uh... The image of the princess in chains, not literally there, but as a constellation in the sky, means it's definitely more representational.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Not a, a very literal thing. So the... I think in the ending sequence, when you chase after the princess, that was the literal princess. You did actually obtain whatever it was Mm -hmm. that was unreachable, and it was destroyed in the process of that.
1: Well, I Mm -hmm. I guess, but I, yeah, it wasn't really destroyed. You just captured it. It's chained down. But there
0: was the explosion. No, because that's metaphorical. She didn't literally explode. I don't think it was I I don't think it was literally a princess. I don't think you were literally touching her I don't literally
2: think talking <laughs> we are literally having a conversation right now
0: legitimately <laughs> moving on continue please interrupt my train of thought um yeah the whole, the whole I think the entire game as a whole is representational you you can't say that any one part of the game was meant to be taken literally so now we, we are
2: sons of bitches. What about
0: that? Well, okay, the, <laughs> the only part, then I'll rephrase, the only part of the game that was meant to be taken 100% literally was the, con- the, the text within the books. All of it? Maybe the quotes. Because I think that it's
2: not all can the you, same Tim. Can
0: you cite a reference? What do you mean, not the same Tim?
2: I think it's just multiple... All right, it could be the life story of a Tim, or it could be multiple different people as in when it's saying tim as the baby and the princess
0: is walking in past the candy shop you're not talking alternate reality tim you're talking different Just people, different people. yeah and, um, and tim is a representation of a certain
1: element within all of them within people or it could be a saying that uh, tim uh doesn't really understand like he is a baby Hmm. like he didn't really understand what getting the princess was the name, consequences or, of yes. the... Like, that's the thing is so much
0: of his interpretive, you know, was the the child reaching for the candy was that representational of Tim or was Tim representational of the child?
1: What?
2: Well, the way it's phrased um it said the the things in the candy store window, the magnetic monopole, ethical calculus, and the it from bit Those are all scientific theories and... uh,
1: Unobtainable.
2: Impossible, yes. Impossible uh, pieces of technology to have and knowledge to be
0: aware of. This is all, of course, physics.
2: Uh, Yeah, from my my knowledge of science, yeah. And, of course, what we looked up before the (laughs) recording session. (laughs) What we discovered from the It From Bit theory. Anyways... My point being that it's not literally Tim as a child uh, and then Tim as an adult reminiscing on his college years and then Tim walking out on his wife, Princess Be Damned, or that's not all the same guy living his life through that. It's either different people or it's... Not literal, it's different facets of his life being told in a uh subjective, I guess, like
1: poetic manner. Yeah, I believe it's all the same, Tim, but like not that he's literally a baby of looking at you know a magnetic monopole or like that.: Yeah
2: <clears throat> Have we discussed enough brain for your
0: liking? I think we've reached a good point. Okay. We're at the 50 minute mark almost. Yeah, and we don't have to have it with... I mean, yeah. 50 minutes with a whole half hour of... both. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, on to Limbo. Moving on to Limbo. Hopefully the Braid discussion was uh, thought-provoking enough, and we'll see what we can dig out of Limbo. Uh,
1: do we have a, what do you call it, a final synopsis of what we've discussed?
0: Final opinions, go. Oh, uh, okay.
1: What well, is, like what is like I Braid? I said, I believe <laughs> Braid is the tale about a man looking for something wait no hold on let me think about this you go while I think wait no I can't think what are you talking <laughs> shut up just um, go like I said go. that the it's a very artistic way of describing a man trying to get a secret that he shouldn't stuff happens I don't know just what I said really I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly but how can you sum that up <laughs> succinctly and intelligently uh, just the princess is a s- secret that shouldn't be known by man and then man obtains it <clears throat> and then man obtains it and then kills hundreds of thousands of people hmm. and accidentally makes the world worse for it and this is uh tim the game is tim looking back on his life and thinking about everything uh the consequences of what he did, how he was searching for it. Well, actually, other stuff maybe. Yeah, no.
2: I think when you look at it, what I think Braid is when you look at it from the perspective of the secret ending is, um, if having seen both endings, um, he ch- he changes his stars quite literally. He goes back and he causes that travesty which is the the nuke being created and set off he went back and changed that in his personal history without that the ending is literally the beginning of the story it's him chasing the princess um and being unable to get her in the first time and spending the rest of his life trying to get it With the secret ending, he's running away from his mistakes. He's running away from the effects of the princess.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That's what I think it represents the second time around. So as if there were two journeys almost? Yes. Okay. I don't really have many interpretations as far as what the story actually is. I think all of those sound legitimate. Literally. (laughs) Um But I guess what this discussion has brought to the table for me is the the fact that Braid is much more interpretive than I had initially thought. I thought that all of the elements were laid out for you, and it was just a matter of piecing them together, and there was a a definitive story, a definitive thing that had actually happened. And after going through this discussion and hearing about the alternate ending, true ending, or or whatever you want to call it, there's uh, I guess I just have a lot more respect for Braid. Mm. As an artistic game. Cool. So on to Limbo? <laughs> on to Limbo. Alright. Alright, so Limbo is a game that came out a couple years after Braid. Um, and when it was released, it was th- kind of the next big indie, artistic, heavily artistic game. So the game was compared to Braid for its highly interpretive nature, um, which makes playing through the game uh, somewhat of a different experience for each person involved. What's up, gangstas? For hey. f- sake. <laughs> so much for that.
1: Well, what's up?
0: Well, how are we you guys
2: great. doing?
1: We're recording Kill it.
2: Kill It, it. seems we have an uninvited guest today. A new it. challenger approaches. No, 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 That's nasty s***. <laughs> so anyways, Isaac, before being brutally derailed by Adrian.
0: Kakanbo cool. well, s***? <laughs> censored. <See, laughs> F***ing go. Blade Talk
2: about limbo.
0: What was I saying? You had opinions on it. We're it's, playing a limbo. it's a
2: highly interpretive different uh... experience for all the people who play it and all of God's little children. <laughs> Just imagine <laughs> if there was no Imagine religion. all the people.
1: It's recording. Say something. It is recording. It, it is, is
0: no, Adrian's playing Battlefield. And yeah,
1: he is. Okay, are, okay. Here. Here's what I'll do. Here's what I'll do. record they? something. Okay.
0: So we've had a uh, surprise visitor. Um, one of my friends, Adrian, just dropped in, and we decided it would be good for him to actually run through Limbo for the first time ever while we're uh, recording our podcast, see how that goes. Um, so maybe he'll have some interesting stuff to say about his first experience. Maybe not. We'll see where it goes. How do I do this?
1: Like hop a wall. Uh, use the, the boat. There's a handle on the boat. Figure it out, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> can think for a second. <laughs> this is tiny. Yeah. Okay. Time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bear trap.
0: Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when Limbo first came out, it was compared heavily to Braid for being a heavily interpretive game. Every single person that played through the game uh, interpreted it in a different way, saw it as something different than anyone else they might talk to. So what we decided to do was we're going to have each person go through and describe what they interpreted
1: Limbo to be about. And we're going to start with Asakua. I saw Limbo as nothing more than an artistic game. Really? How artistic? There isn't... Oh. Well, I saw Limbo to be very vague and doesn't really have a solid narrative to it. It's just uh, one kid going from one place to another uh, without having, you know, a, any concrete story to it. It's more of an experience and less of something you're supposed to decipher You dig? That's it? Yeah. Alright, Sean, do
0: you have anything to add? Uh, I have a similar opinion of it, because
2: nothing makes any goddamn sense in Limbo. You know, everything in the forest is trying to kill you. There are fucking bear traps just lying around for you to step on and get decapitated by. Why are bear traps normal size, but the
1: other stuff isn't?
2: Those are big bear traps. Why the f*** is there a giant spider chasing your ass from sheet sea to shining sea? (laughs) That's why it for Adrian. (laughs) What the f*** is Gravity doing? Like, who the f*** was taking acid when they were making this game?
1: What is your sister?
2: What, what is, who the f*** is that chick at the end? It's your sister. The unobtainable goal. Oh, it's the princess, huh? Anyways. (laughs) My issue with it is that the puzzles piss me off first of all
0: secondly the eggs don't add anything unlike the stars the eggs are of course the uh, achievements hidden the hidden secret objects for you to obtain yeah the collectibles
2: yeah and they're fucking worthless they are totally and utterly pointless and it do not add to the experience of limbo they're more for people to
0: be you know uh,
1: achievement whores achievement
2: whores completionists, things
0: like that now, you don't think the symbolism of having an actual egg being the object might mean something to the story? What does it mean? It, it might. What do you think it means? I think, you know, eggs representing spring, fertility, and... <laughs> All it. You guys All don't make like, those faces. That's what screws me up. Hey, it's a radio. They can't see our faces. Yeah, but I can see our faces.
2: I can see your no, faces. No, no. I think,
0: I think <laughs> the sister, the person who you are seeking... Somewhat seeking throughout the game, but how do you know you're looking for her? Because you see her. You see her at the beginning. You don't see her at the beginning. You see her halfway through the game.
2: She's not in the menu. You you see her halfway. Wait for real? Yeah,
1: Yeah. you do. You see. You have a vision. And then you get halfway through backwards, and then you go forward. The
0: interesting, the interesting thing about that vision is that while you see her, there's actually this flickering motion going on behind her, as if it's not really there. It's like a figment of your imagination. Imagination.
1: Oh, the game has that flickering. No,
0: no, it's it's even more flickery than that. Drag the box back. <laughs> You'll figure it out.
2: <clears throat> like that. That puzzle, I could not figure it out. Someone Keep had to dragging explain it back. It to me. Keep
0: dragging it back. All
2: the way back.
0: Really? Someone had to explain that to
1: you. Yes,
2: yeah,
0: so Osako had to explain
2: that one to me, and I was like, f***ing what? How would I even... Oh my god. Is that a rope? I
1: figured
0: that one out pretty quickly. I mean, I mean, saw stop. I saw the rope <laughs> hanging down right there. And I was like, okay, maybe you can jump to the rope. Anyways. Like,
2: and you know, that's one of the early puzzles. It's in the demo. And I'm like, f*** this game. This is
1: balls. It's sloppy ones. <clears throat> Dude, I'm gonna OD on Tane, I'm pretty sure. Ah, uh, gross. <clears throat> Anyways.
2: My biggest issue with Limbo is 95% of the time when you die, Just it's it. cheap. It's... Totally out of left field. <laughs> it's totally out of left field. It's just like, oh, let me... Oh, now I'm dead.
1: What? I... Yeah, but... Uh, okay, that's that's a problem with like that, want because there's up. enough checkpoints that it doesn't get annoying. But yeah. Yes, but still, it shouldn't... Here's
0: here's an important point I want to bring up. I believe that and the fact that you're love. constantly dying, the fact that you're constantly dying, the fact that the environment inter- in in turn the, the, the game designers but the environment is trying to trick you into dying I believe that dying is an essential part of playing the game and if you don't die you're not getting the intended experience there, there some is cool something, very, there's something very important about dying about seeing this little kid going through these traps that he can't handle at first without the knowledge of seeing that it's going to kill him and it's, it's, it's not just part of the gameplay it's part of the story in that sense so the story is that this kid is trapped in limbo
2: and dying over and over again in horrible, terrible ways. To what end?
0: That's part of the question. Alright. What is the answer?
1: 42. Who's Douglas Adams? Who's Douglas Adams? Okay, <clears throat> I think limbo is not
0: so much an important narrative weave as it is an emotional experience for the player. Why do you think it's just supposed to be an experience? Because there's so many aspects. Because there is no narrative. Okay. Yeah, there's so many aspects of the game that are designed to give you to provoke emotional responses without tying into any known story. Okay. Do you mean? A, okay. Do you mean a broad spectrum of emotions or just fear? Simply, there's different. There's many different emotions: fear, disgust, frustration, anger, anger frustration,
1: fear. Oh, I mean, fear.
2: I mean, it is. It is based off of a dream. It's based off of uh,
0: the creator's nightmare. Well, the creator, the creator of the game, literally had a nightmare. Yes, and then so was inspired saying? to create this game. It is what
2: I overheard. I don't know if that's a hundred percent accurate, but I can see it from that perspective. Is that it's, it's a dream? It's not gonna make perfect sense. It's not gonna tell a full story. That said, I disagree with. Some of the design aspects of the trial and error style of death, the, you know, the eggs, you know, they didn't really mean anything to me. Like, they didn't symbolize anything. They were just kind of out there, trinkets, and that wouldn't really make sense even in the context of a dream where it's not supposed to be concrete. It should still symbolize something. It's representing more than just... Oh, these are evoking fear in the player. Like, the spider's kind of cool. What I do Impales That's you good, repeatedly. That. Over and over again until you figure out how to kill him. And when they you come- do kill him, you do feel... I felt kind of accomplished. I felt like, yeah, f*** that guy.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna rip all your legs off, you little bitch. I think... <clears throat> I think... What you're saying is that you didn't like the way the game approached uh, player deaths and uh, yes, that's and, correct. and puzzles in, in, in short. Yeah. Um, I and felt it was really hit and miss. And for me, I felt like that was one of the key aspects of the game, is the way that the environment literally feels like it is out to trick you, like it's an intelligent part of the experience that is trying to destroy you. <laughs>
2: Another thing the sound design I thought was kind of <coughs> not so great cuz the lack of music didn't really it didn't really create an atmosphere the lack of music i found to be less less interesting than like the use of uh,
0: background music to create a mood really you know yeah Because... just
2: felt like there was nothing
0: going that's, on. That's interesting for me because that's the first I've ever heard anyone say that. And mm. for me, the experience was completely based around all the things that you're saying essentially didn't work, in your opinion. Okay. Okay. I absolutely love the sound design, I love the visuals, and I love the way the game kind of tricks you. All of those add up to make one of the best experiences I've had in gaming in a long time. Mm. And so it's interesting that that all of the aspects which I appreciate in the game are the things which i don't know like <clears throat> after you watch the kid die
2: for the 50th time you know in new and exciting ways from bud saws to death by electric shock you know like, it's like saw what's what is the point after
0: all that like what are you supposed to take away from that and that's what brings me back to the whole emotional experience versus a literal story that you have to interpret. And I think there definitely is a story to interpret if you look closely at all of the clues, all of the visual audio, the the whole picture present in the game can paint a very vague picture of A very vague picture. A vague picture. Like like you said, it's based on the dream. The
2: the one thing I can say I really did like, though, is the animation. Um,
0: and the physics were really good.
2: Well, yeah, that goes with the animation. Yeah, look at them jump. <laughs> uh, they obviously put a lot of detail into the set pieces, um, even though it's in monochrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really did like that from the purely aesthetic perspective. <sighs> And like, there were some good tests no, moments. No no. no, 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 dude. <laughs> like, right now we're watching this first, well, the second encounter with the spider, where you get stuck in the web. Yeah, and that's kind of creepy. It's rather terrifying. You know, you're like, oh shit, he's gonna eat me. And then you roll down a hill and into a pit of spikes, and everything's better. <laughs> By the way, spoiler alert. <laughs> <clears throat> And like I don't know. Some of the puzzles were kinda cool. Like uh the the mind control worm the first time. After that it just kinda got ridiculous having to time your jumps perfectly, you know, what I think they're, they're only three, uh
1: yeah, three times I believe that it yeah, happens. But still,
2: like it was very original. Um, I you know, it's like why didn't they have more, more repeats of different puzzles, like, oh, down a pit. Different ways to change how the character was reacting and moving around. Like, <clears throat> when you're wrapped up in web, that forces you to play completely differently. And I thought it was cool. The the whole thing with the uh the mind control one. You fi- after you figured it out the first time it wasn't oh.
0: Maybe we shouldn't have him playing cause you're in the middle of talking and <laughs> oh they're oh. death. He's Another supposed to be giving death. the reactions and you're the one who's doing it. Oh, 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 oh. <clears throat> You know,
2: I felt like they could have they could have done something different with those parts where they reused similar puzzle mechanics.
0: Okay, I'm going to cite an example from film. Okay. <clears throat> have you ever seen Eraserhead? No, but I know of it. The... Okay. Have you done like what do you know
2: about it? I know it was kind of <laughs> f- up and strange and groundbreaking for its time. That's all I know.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it was made in the 70s. It was intentionally done in black and white, similar to Limbo. Okay. No, this is Grayscale. Go f yourself. <laughs> but the movie was 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 so out there, was so weird. When you're watching it, are you, wearing you feel like you understand what is what's going on initially. And then as the story progresses and more and more happens, you realize that all sense of reality is completely skewed in this. It's it's literally like like you described, it's like an artistic dream or nightmare. An artistic dream? Artistic dream or nightmare. It was just completely interpretive, completely nonsensical, and yet it was highly symbolic. One of David Lynch's most symbolic movies according to David him. David Lynch,
1: he created something that was
0: cool. I forget what
2: it was. Oh, that's my sister.
1: No. Nope. Oh you did it. Yeah, that surprised me. <laughs>
2: This just got nerves of steel. Anyways.
1: Oh! Oh.
2: fatality! That was brutal. (laughs) That was a stage fatality right there.
1: The pit, too. Electric boogaloo? Yes. Oh! (laughs) Well, if... Okay, we're laughing at these gruesome, horrific... Because we play Mortal Kombat. Yeah, we're laughing
0: at these gruesome, horrific deaths of this little kid. But I tell you what, the first time I played the game, I was not laughing. Uh, I think it's funny now, because we recognize that it's going to happen. It's just more of trial and error. Watching Adrian play through it is entertaining in that way. The first time I played it, I was absolutely horrified about everything that was happening. You know, it it was constant. You had to fight to survive through all this stuff in the environment that was literally out trying to kill you. Oh, nice. dude, it's
1: the spider again. Watch out. Oh, sh- See, like, 95% of the time, it's like, how the f*** were you supposed to avoid that? And that's why there's an achievement for getting five or less deaths. Deaths? Yes. Which, I think that's why... That,
0: that's, like I said, It's one of the things I liked about the game. The, the way it presented you with a jump failure. It, jump it, In a sense, it was almost like Raiden. It presented you with a failure. Like, like this trap, for example. It's a trap! Oh, the side of pit. <laughs> Sean, what were your feelings playing through Limbo for the first time? You, the first ever playthrough. What sort of emotions did you experience? I was
2: really confused. I was a little, little aggravated because I thought I had an egg, but it turned out that it wasn't an egg at all. And I
0: was on this puzzle for like, 40 minutes in the complete wrong area. Oh, but you're the sort of person who will go and try and get all the achievements on the first run-through.
2: No, I didn't look at any of it. I just, I thought I had I thought it was an egg, and it turned out it wasn't it wasn't an egg. It was just a spot that was glowing. Oh. Totally could have been an egg, though. I don't know. Maybe I'll go back and find it again someday. See, I
0: didn't even, I don't even check achievements when I start to play a game. I didn't know about the eggs. I just played through the game I found about found out about those later. Yeah. So. To me, it was pure, raw, unfiltered emotion that was coming mm-hmm. through this game.
2: I don't know. I'm not really a good one to ask about this. But watching Marissa, my girlfriend, play through this was funny for me, but awful for her. Because this she's arachnophobic, and the spider scared the shit out of her completely. Like... <laughs> what <are you> doing? <laughs> she was less stupid than Adrian apparently <laughs> but she was so scared that she like had an emotional breakdown and for real like couldn't talk to me it was kind of unnerving but right. I didn't really experience that when I played it and she stuck through it though no so she you... hasn't played it since oh I don't think she got past the spider at all. Oh, and that's
0: not very far in the game.
2: Well, it's it I'm was that it now, last you. part before the boulder.
0: Okay. What do I do? I'm writing it.
2: Use your B button, C- stupid. C- or X. Press Z or R twice. <laughs> yes, hump the spider's leg. Put it directly in your. <laughs> oh, oh yes. This is... (laughs) This is kitty on spider pornography we're watching here. Courtesy of Adrian Brooks. (laughs) And now he's humping it from behind.
0: (laughs) Oh my god. So much for intelligent discussion. Alright, so I was completely expecting you guys to try and analyze different elements of the game and say maybe the story was this, maybe the story was that. Um... For me, Limbo was a much more personal experience. I uh while I was playing it, <laughs> I was getting distracted by Adrian also playing it.
1: Limbo doesn't seem to be like it's supposed to be about like something anything. concrete, yeah.
2: It seems like
1: a dream. It's kind of yeah, within it's a, a dream.
2: It's a myriad collection of uh instances, puzzles, events,
0: images, individuals. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, I would say that, I had a really, I thought about a really good way to put this. It's, it's a, it's a collage of despair, you know. It's just a bunch of confusing, mishmashed images that don't really make sense when taken literally. Uh, and everything, everything is just, you know, you have, you can't take anything at face value in Limbo. You know, you can't take any of the traps, any of the things that don't look like they would be traps, anything that looks like another human being, You, you can't trust anything. You know, you can't really even trust yourself, because you start falling into patterns and stuff, and then the game catches you in that. Like, the uh, the pressure plate. Yeah, with the puzzles, It's like, oh... The buttons that alternate. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, there's a button in the middle of that, so I should smash. Oh, well, that thing in the middle obviously isn't the button, so I'll just jump on and smash. Yeah. Things like that. Some of it's kind of clever. Some of it is just confusing. It's, I guess... Nah, what I was going to say, Limbo is more about the journey than the destination, because the ending doesn't make any f***ing sense to me, and why he went through all that uh, seems completely irrelevant and pointless, because the beginning starts off, and then the end is very similar to the beginning, and nothing is cut and dry, it's all... Empty space and mystery.
0: Yeah.
1: What do you think? Uh, yeah. Sorry, I was watching the game. Um, yeah, so... It doesn't really seem like, uh... There's any... I guess, you know, concrete... Evidence to show what this game is actually about. Like, there's some, uh... Instances where it might mean... Like, he's dead and going through... Some sort of trials, or like uh the beginning uh with the boat could be interpreted as going into hell by passing the river stakes, but it's all uh whatever you oh he died again, whatever you think can't really be concrete because there's no other evidence to support what you can uh what you can say about the story in Limbo
0: and Isaac, what do you have to say? Well, my views of the game was that it's, it's not so much a story that everyone can interpret, uh, you know, one or two or three ways. It's an infinitely interpretive story and experience. Infinitely. infinitely because, hmm. because the game is such a personal experience for every person that plays it. Every person brings in their own past, their own memories, you know, things from their life that strike them that might not strike other people as being significant. Like, for me, I have that very clear memory of trying to catch bugs as a kid, accidentally pulling their legs off and being completely horrified by that. So the part where you immobilize the spider by pulling off its last leg, and then while it's helpless, toss it into a, a pit of spikes while it's unable to do anything, was, was, very, was a very strong moment of the game for me. I had very strong emotions during that part.
2: Me too, but I felt like I finally got that bastard more than regret. At having committed an act of violence, I felt uh, more revenge, I guess, and I felt
0: kind of a sense of gratification. Mm-hmm. I guess from a gaming standpoint, that makes sense. Um, when I play games, I tend to insert more reality into it than is probably even intended by the designers. But so for mm-hmm. me, it was that's a spider; it's trying to eat to survive. It's Not doing anything worse than we would do if we were hunting to stay alive. And we just pulled off all its arms and completely... In self-defense. In self-defense, but it's still, at the same time, you know, it wasn't trying to hurt you. It was just trying to stay alive. It was an innocent creature.
2: Well, I think it's trying to make it look more malicious, though. It's
0: supposed to be scary. Of course. I mean, it's playing on that arachnophobia that a lot of people instinctually have.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: but another another thing that was brought up to me one of my biggest fears is not being in control of myself not being in a control of a situation
2: mm-hmm.
0: so the the mind control worms yeah. were another very emotional point of the game for me seeing that thing drop down and literally bury its way into your brain and take control it, it struck me as being at least in my own personal experience, very important to the, you know, the overall experience.
2: Uh, well, you spoke about realism. Like, what kind of creature would survive by simply killing off its hosts and drowning itself? Like, that That creature doesn't really make sense if you try and look at it uh, from the perspective of, you know, like with the spider, how it's a predator.
1: yeah.
0: At or the same time...
1: The Limbo ecosystem doesn't seem to like have to be based on concrete rules. Oh,
0: I don't think it is. I think it is, like you said, much more of a dreamscape. But my personal dreams always have some reality in it, even if other parts don't make sense. I guess that's what I'm saying. Not necessarily that all of the game is going to be based on reality, but that some parts of it will be. I see. <clears throat> it makes me think... Um, you know, there are such things as brain parasites, like worms, that... Live within the brain?
2: Well, not in people, but yes, there are there are, I, there are parasites. That
0: I have seen things controlling on the human mind, not controlling the mind, not controlling the mind. But there are such things, worms that can dwell within the brain, causing people to die. Yes. And it makes me wonder if this boy or person is actually dead. What caused the death? Maybe elements of the death are actually present in limbo. In the ways that you die? Yes, exactly.
2: Well, you can die in so many different ways. Impaled by spikes, crushed by falling logs.
0: And that's again, brings me back to the more personal experience. For me, there were certain deaths that had so much more emotion present in them. And that, to me, resonated more as being important to the story of the boy. Whoever he may be. Hmm.
2: Perhaps the boy is all of us.
0: Yes. We're just lost kids trying to find our way. You dig? Yeah, maybe... Maybe the boy isn't so much a person that you can interpret the backstory of and and the boy literally does represent the gamer.
2: Mm -hmm. I think that's a good note to end it on, actually. All right, so we're going to do a closing.
0: Uh, Closing statements. So, first podcast, it was kind of an experiment. We'll see how things go and uh, see what people think of it in the end. You guys have anything to say about recording this?
2: Uh, need to figure out how to do this over the internet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, so we can do it again. <laughs> so
2: that live from so that, Isaac's room podcast number forty-three <laughs> doesn't take seven years to get organized. Yes,
0: and so that there can actually be a second one. Yes. So who knows? Last time, the next time you'll be in town.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, signing off.
0: We Hi. are the GAC crew. GAC, G A A L. Games is Art Live. That's what we're calling ourselves.
1: We're we're the
2: Gap. Or the Uh, Gap.
0: Games is
1: Art crew. Or Games is Art people. If we're Games is Art Live, we're the Gal Pals.
2: All right. Signing off, the Gal Pals. Yeah. Thanks for listening, folks.